Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, y'all, Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. Matt Nagy still has a job, and I'm personally, I'm getting nervous about it. He needs to be gone, but he's still there. I'm worried. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. The host who saw more aggressive play calling for Brian Hoyer than Trevor Lawrence this week. And with me, as always, is AJ. Jamar Chase was the right pick? Marchese. Yeah, I think I think we got to go back and delete all of our uh, our takes from back then. Well, I mean, Joe Burrow's still getting murdered, so... Should have taken them I both. Mean, you know what? Pull a fast one. Yeah, we, could, we aren't wrong. Today, we're breaking down the best and worst rookies from Week 17 in the NFL. Let's hit it. Going out to Vegas, gonna set my draft, gonna set my draft on fire. Seven, 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 seven rounds in heaven with my lady driving out. To Vegas, baby, looking for a Stingley or Thibodeau. Who's going to bat it on draft day? Who's going to wage your future picks away? Who's going to reach for a blue blood lineman? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Spotify Greenroom is a live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and to use. You can talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app free in the iOS App Store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. And be notified when rooms go live of the folks you follow. Don't forget to come with your spiciest takes. Uh, here's a spicy take, AJ. I bet that doesn't get old. <laughs> Third day in a row doing that. Yeah, well, what's your take? Uh, well, Ole Miss lost two running backs to the NFL draft, and they replaced them both. With a better running a better back. better one in Zach Evans. That was, that, that? that was a transfer I didn't expect, but it's pretty cool. I, uh, I'm excited because Lane Kiffin has always done a good job showcasing and heavily using his star players. Like if you even like go back to his first year at Bama, he fed Amari Cooper, then Derrick Henry the year after that, uh, and then, uh, FAU, Devin Singletary, and even Harrison Bryant's last year. And then obviously, uh, Kenny Yaboa, Elijah Moore and Matt Corral (laughs) the last two years. So I'm really excited to see Zach Evans just get a huge workload in his final, uh, and is what will likely be his final year of college football. Yeah, I think he's also going to do a really good job of getting involved in the passing game, which we've seen Evans, especially in the screen game, 
uh, at TCU just dominated at times. So I, I think he's going to do do a good job there. Uh, do you want to become a transfer portal only podcast? It's probably pretty pretty fun. Uh, so I, I need I need this from you. I need you to tell me. Who's going to win the quarterback job in Blacksburg with Grant Wells and Jason Brown at the exact same time announcing they're both going to Virginia Tech? Within seconds of each other. I wonder if they knew. That was knew. so weird. I wonder it if they so knew. It was so weird. I loved it. Uh, well, like, go ahead. Like, I, I I, would assume that's Grant Wells' job oh, to lose. It's got to like, be. Yeah. J- Jason Brown was supposed to be South Carolina's third string quarterback this year. And, like, obviously a bunch of things happened. He started a handful of games. But, like, Grant Wells has been one of the better G5 quarterbacks the last two seasons. Yeah, hasn't been as good as he was like to start at Marshall. Uh, but it's got to be his job. It's got to be his job. Just efficient, like an efficient dude. You know, they're he's not going to lose them games. I don't think. Um, they they they'll take anyone right now. Everyone's leaving the program, so. <laughs> yeah, pretty much so. My 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 real my question for you is where's Braxton Burmeister head next? It's a good question. Um, I don't know. You got to give me some odds. Find out on AJ's Spotify green room where only the transfer portal is covered. That'd be a good Spotify green room. Thank you. What would you call it? Oh, what would I call it? Oh, fuck. Uh, I don't uh, don't know. I've got nothing here. Transfer portal. I hardly even know her portal. That was bad. (laughs) That was really bad. I would call it the portal, the portal pavilion, to play on the the poly on poly pavilion where UCLA plays basketball. It's, it's a niche bit. <laughs> Crickets. Well, Better than mine. Still... <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Yeah, couple couple NFL draft declarations since <laughs> since yesterday. Um, Iowa running back Ivory Kelly Martin, Ole Miss running back Snoop Connor, uh, Kentucky receiver Wandell Robinson, Baylor receiver Tyquan Thornton, Michigan receiver Dalen Baldwin, Michigan defensive tackle Chris Hinton, Tennessee defensive tackle uh, Jaquan Blakely, Pitt linebacker Chase Pin or Pine. Wow, I'm losing my mind. LSU corners Cordero Flott and Eric Stingley, uh, Maryland safeties Jordan Mosley and Nick Cross, and of course Auburn bloodlines kicker. Anders Carlson. <laughs> the weakest brother hits a game-winning field goal for the Raiders. Yeah, he's just trying to clearly just uh, ride that wave into the into the third round. Um, I think the most interesting one is Wondell Robinson. Would you agree here, Robert? Well, yeah, because I was going to say when I saw that Derek Stingley declared, my first reaction was I thought he already had. Me too. I just yeah. assumed he had. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think Wondell Robinson's the most interesting one because uh, – Entered the year as a transfer from Nebraska as this kind of tweener running back receiver. Fun player. Don't necessarily think he was being viewed as a potential top 100 pick. Goes to Kentucky. Really just a full-time receiver. Yeah. Has a a fantastic year. Start to finish in the SEC. What a way to finish, Um, too, in the bowl game. Yeah. Dominant bowl performance. Carries Kentucky to the win over Iowa. Uh, now I think he is definitely viewed as a top 100 guy. Um, pretty dynamic with the ball in his hands, given the, the running back background as well. Uh, on top of, I thought, thought Kentucky did a great job of showcasing his ability as a route runner. Yep. Something that wasn't done very much at Nebraska, where he was more of this gadgety piece. 
Um, I think he, he's kind of that dynamic move slot type receiver that every NFL team wants right now. Agree. And I don't know if I'm off base here, but it's off the top of the dome. It feels like a lot of those mid-round, not the early-round dudes, but the mid-round dudes from the last class, maybe two classes, haven't really hit yet. So you know what I mean? Like, So there's still a lot of a lot of teams out there looking for these guys. And if he if he tests the way I would expect him to test, like he could really like I'm saying top 100 right now, but I wouldn't be shocked to like second round. It's in the realm of possibility. I agree. I think I think yeah, I'd I'd be more concerned and say top 100, but it's in the realm of poss- possibility here. Uh, I I say that um, with mentioning that what two years ago now, Lynn Bowden. <laughs> went in the third round. Yeah. And and I think Wondell Robinson has a clearer path in the NFL than Limboden did. It's a better Yeah. I mean, he's a better receiver. I mean <laughs> I I'm still know. upset Limboden didn't work out. I wasn't high on him, but it, it sucks that it didn't Such work out. Such a fun player. Yeah, Such exactly. A fun player. If one I'll, of the most fun players in recent memory. Felt before. like it was gonna click in Miami for a second there too. Bring nope. him to Pittsburgh. Slash 2.0. Amen. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yep. Uh, defensively, obviously, the, the, big, the big one is Derek Stingley here. Um, dominant freshman year. One of the best freshman years I think we've ever seen. Yeah. A banged-up sophomore year where he didn't play poorly, but he was just hurt, and that LSU team was just worse. Meh. Yep. And this year he started this season injured, played a couple games, uh, eventually just... It didn't make sense to continue playing. Uh, he's going to be a top 10 pick. I was about to ask, is that going to hurt his stock at all? No. As long as he's healthy. Yeah. Show, like Shows up to the combine, healthy, tests well. Yeah. Like Derek Stingley, you can just fucking watch that freshman tape. It's ridiculous. Yeah, no, um, I, I agree with you. Like it's – the medical and, checks are going to be big um, and actually testing well. You know what I mean? If – if like if he doesn't test like he should, then the questions I think will start. Yes, but right now no. I, I okay. think he, he's yeah. a top he's a top five pick, not getting out of the top ten. Um, I think Nick Cross is one of the one of the guys here. I'm gonna kind of bang the table for over the process. A guy who Maryland asked to play all kinds of different spots for them. Was asked to play single high at time. You, even though he's more built to be a box safety, mm-hmm. uh, he'll he'll knock the living daylights out of you. He had a great strip sack in the bowl game. Um, he he's a guy who, if he tests well, I could see him really shooting up this kind of murky safety class. It's interesting. Yeah, I, I agree with you because obviously you've been on cross for quite a long time, but he seems like the type that the more and more people dig into him, especially like you said, if he tests well, more and more people will. That he could be like a, you know, one of those like favorite sleepery, but not that sleepery type of safeties or DBs. Yeah. 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 Um, anyone else here you want to talk about? I don't think so. I think we can move on. You sad about Hinton and Baldwin? Hinton kind of surprised me. I, I thought he was, I thought he'd come back, but well, he, he was him. a, he was a, he was a big time Huge uh, recruit. Yeah. Recruit. Yeah. Right. Bloodlines. I mean, his, yeah, his dad, his dad was a great player for the Colts. And I hope he ends up as um, a Colt. Um, yeah, I was kind of shocked to see him go. Me too. Kinda, uh, you know surprised. what? My first thought was Hinton's turning pro. He knows something about Harbaugh. Harbaugh's Uh-oh. taking the Raiders' job. 
<laughs> yeah, and we're calling hinting Mohurst 2.0. It's just uh, it's all coming together there. <laughs> Uh, no more senior bowl acceptances. Nagigoth is under control now. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. He's, I think he's just not not announcing them because he doesn't want to take away from the show. Over. Okay, I'll hit you. Over under uh, forty eight and a half hours before we get another senior bowl acceptance. Under. <laughs> I think that's a good bet. I think that's a good bet. So we'll see. Uh, Saturday eight p.m. We'll see if we got another one. I bet we'll like slowly, like you'll you'll refresh the site and you'll start to slowly see bigger names who've accepted disappear from like the the list on the site. Probably, I hate that. I yeah, I'm it's the worst. Not to get this, you know, out there. I'm a little scared about the COVID stuff because the All American Bowl is having big big issues this coming week with the with the COVID right now. Um, there there seem like they got pretty good protocols in place. Just seeing what the Nags are putting out there, but. It scares me. Um, Nagy fears nothing, number one. <laughs> That's a good point. He did it last year. Hell of a year. Uh, I hope that they do it electronically again this year. So Me too, yeah. Because that was super helpful for us. Yes. <laughs> uh, and number three, ain't nothing stopping the game as Americans at the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Amen. Amen, indeed. Week 17. Normally, this is the last week of the NFL season, but AJ, let me tell you something. This is the biggest NFL season in NFL history. You got to do this this goddamn show for another week. Really didn't need to. Really didn't need the extra week. Uh, how, how, looking at the week 18 schedule, how many of these games matter other than the Chargers game? I wasn't sure. I don't like, know. Like, really matter. I know seeding's still in play for a handful, but like... That's out of the Chargers Raiders, which thankfully Sunday Night Football. Like, are you are you getting jazzed up for Panthers Bucks at four twenty five? No, I'm not. I'm not getting jazzed up for a lot this week. Um, like just looking at it, the only really like the only game that really matters, I think, is is. Chargers Raiders. You know what I, I didn't like either is Forty Niners Rams a little bit. A little bit, yeah. You know what I didn't like that much. Oh, by the way, I mean that Chargers Raiders game. Theoretically, if if the Colts win, they could just knee the whole game out and both make the playoffs too. So <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of hoping for it. I'm kind of hoping for it. Uh, the Jags are going to win because the Steelers need the Jags to win. So okay. Uh, you know what threw me for a loop this past week, and I didn't like, and I think the NFL's got to fix. Way too many just weird random matchups for Week 17. Like, you know what I mean? Like, stick to the divisional the last two weeks. What do you mean? Lions, Seahawks? That didn't do it for you? <laughs> Titans, Finns? <laughs> Bills, Falcons? The greatest rivalry in all the sports? Like, yeah, it didn't. Really Giants, didn't. Bears, two, two stalwarts of the NFL. Oh, that one can stay. I think that should be Week 17 every year. That's In the snow? Yeah, in the snow. <laughs> With with backup quarterbacks on both sides, <laughs> Niners Texans. He was getting juice up the last two weeks. Like, play that week three. Play that week three. I will tell you, uh, as the person who, who did the Niners Texans game this week, that game was so Sick. shockingly not fun. Oh, damn! The Patriots Jags was my favorite game I watched. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'll give the NFL credit. Casey and Cincy worked out beautifully, and one of the best games of the year. But. 
other than that, too much weird. Like they, I don't know why they changed. Just give us divisional games. The last two weeks. Uh, good Al, good didn't hire you for a reason, pal. It's true. You got the corner office just sitting there empty waiting for you too. Yeah, I'll take a view of the river, Mister Goodell. Just too much integrity, uh, you know. You're not done with this gig before you take that one. Okay, so the quarterback, the quarterback rookie rundown this week. Uh, <laughs> AJ really, just, really didn't help me. Just tell the people. I what did happened. Every, I did every single quarterback this week. Was not planned. Uh, the official game decider, Seward Rob Heavy. Yeah, it's been a long day. Uh, rumor is he flipped a, a two-sided coin. You know what I mean. Double heads. You had no choice in that. It was a guaranteed loss, like Two Face here. Um, and here you go. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take so, a quick nap and uh, take it away. I'm just gonna break it down, uh, but well, because the Jags play the Pats and the Texans play the 49ers, so I'll do those quarterbacks kind of together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Trevor Lawrence had one of the worst games I've ever seen. Do we need to hear more a, than that? <laughs> through three interceptions and a 50 to 10 loss to the Patriots. The play calling was so awful. They were they, there was zero like okay. Late in the third quarter, it felt like they were just like gave up and were trying to run the clock out, which hey, I kind of appreciated. But it, it was so funny. The Patriots were throwing it more with Brian Hoyer than the Jags were with Trevor Lawrence once Hoyer came in because they were up so much. Um, there was a couple things you got excited about uh, from Lawrence. There was a, a, a deep throw on their second drive to Laquan Treble, who had two DBs all over him, and Lawrence put it in his bread basket. Um, and that, that drive ended out, ended in a, in a field goal, but it was like a 30-plus yard throw just dotted on Treble. By the way, Treble is still by far their best wide receiver, which is <laughs> ridiculous. Um, but then the, the, the very next drive... He they 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 uh, they picked up a first down and then Trevor Lawrence uh, tried to check it down to the running back in the flats and he threw it kind of high. The running back should have had it, but it went off his hands. Miles Bryan intercepted it, and then the next drive, um, he he forced a throw to Tavon Austin on a curl and J.C. Jackson easy interception. So they're they're, they're he's thrown two interceptions. Um, their final drive before the half, he takes uh. Uh, or he, th- he throws high to Laquan Treble, who makes a crazy grab, but then the very next play he takes a sack and it kind of just runs out the clock. But uh, Christian Barmore got him, by the way. So it was nice. 28-3 at halftime. He's thrown two interceptions. The play calling is so uninspired. They're just, like, giving it to Rayquel Armstead for, like, two yards of carry. Um, oh, Armstead was back? Yeah, I love played that. a lot. I like that. That makes me happy. I'm glad he's, he's healthy. Um... And then the, their opening drive of the of second half, they, they picked up some major yards because there was an unnecessary roughness play call. And, and then they just immediately throw a screen to Tavon Austin. So, wait, l- let me – let me the first three plays of this drive. Okay. Screen to Tavon Austin. Sick. Play action and roll out, and it's a quick out to Tavon Austin, who the tackler gets called on unnecessary roughness. So, whatever. Then they go back to another screen to Tavon Austin where he just loses five yards. Uh, and, and anyway, they end up in a third and 11 where Trevor Lawrence just throws it out of bounds. They punt. Uh, and then the next drive, the very first play 
I don't even know what the score was. It was like 34-3 at this <laughs> point. It's third and 14, first play, passing play of this drive. It's third and 14. They were like running it every first and second down. Um, it's third and 14. They're in a gun. He throws a, a, a middle hook that Kyle Duggar just easily uh, undercuts for an interception. And he returns it to the one-yard line. And the Pats punch it in for a touchdown. Um, and then the very next drive, he hits LaVisca Chanel on a third and three. But he drops it. They punt. Like then the fucking next play, they drive. They they go. Uh, he he misses Marvin Jones on a quick out. They go with a RPO on a third and one, where he has Luke Farrell wide open in the flats, uh, which would convert, and he just misses him, like completely. They punt. Um, in their final drive, they're down fifty to three. He hits to uh, Laquan Treble on a deep post. And then he finds trouble again. Uh, and then they call a screen pass to Dar Ogunbowale. Uh, yeah. Thank you. They, they call a screen pass to him, and he does the rest for a touchdown. And they lose 50-10. to 10. So their touchdown comes on the final drive when they're down 53, and the Patriots have only backups in. It was such a – like all the, – the one interception by Miles Bryant, like it wasn't a good throw, but the running back should have had it. So it's hard to fault him there. And the other two were just bad. Like, really bad. And the play calling was so gross and boring. And, like like I said, they're running it on every first and second down. They were not running enough, like, under center play action, move them around, play action deep shots. Like, there was not a lot of aggression from Trevor Lawrence or the play calling in this game. Felt like they knew they were going to lose. They fell down early, and they just didn't try to win. Um there was like again, there was a couple throws generally to Laquan Treble. He had one before the half where uh he was it was a play action deep ball and he was like under pressure and he was fading from the pocket and he just threw it out. I didn't I don't know if he meant to throw it to Marvin Jones or he was trying to throw it out of bounds, but he completed it to Marvin Jones for like thirty yards and it was his second best throw of the day, and I still don't know if it was on purpose or not. Uh, um but yeah, overall it was not fun to watch Trevor Lawrence. What is your uh, bustometer at for Trevor Lawrence right now? It's so hard to say anything because it's such a shit show between like, and it's it's not just the coaching staff. It's like the players around him are terrible. Like Laquan Treble, one of the biggest busts in recent memory among wide receivers in the NFL, and he's by far his best pass catcher. <laughs> Devon so, also another big bust too. Like it's it's <laughs> yeah, like <clears throat> so it's hard to. It's hard to like really know it all. Their their hire is going to be so important, so I I hold off on judging it. But like other side of the ball, <clears throat> seeing how ugly the Jags play calling was, really put into perspective how great Josh McDaniels play calling was for Mac Jones in this game. Hire McDaniels. Mac Jones threw, yeah, Mac Jones threw for two twenty seven, three touchdowns, completed seventy three percent of his passes. It was never really a game. It, it was a lot of <clears throat> quick outs. Uh, curls like swings to the running back. Um, he he had a nice on their opening touchdown drive, a third and five. He hit uh, Jacoby Myers on a dig route. Damian Harris runs it in. Next drive, uh, he he. It's just like it's not like substantial throws, but it just everything's always like for the most part always on time. Yeah. The running game supplements the passing game. It's a lot of quick outs to Derek or to Hunter Henry. Like finding Jacoby Myers on in breaking routes, things like that. Um, 
Like their second drive ends in a Damian Harris touchdown run. The third drive, uh, he, uh, he there was a play action jet sweep where he 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 I'd never heard of this guy before, and he he became like really Mac Jones's second favorite wide receiver. But they go play action jet sweep, which was a cool concept. And Christian Wilkerson, who had a man on him in the back of the end zone, Mac just had like has such great field vision, got yeah. it to Wilkerson. Wilkerson might be a dude. Uh, he kept making plays. Um, it's been so a couple up, weeks in a row, I think, for Wilkerson too. Yeah, he he's he's a interesting player, bigger body too. Um, they're up like twenty to three, and then uh, he their their next drive, their fourth drive, he hits uh, Jacoby Myers on a quick out, whatever, whatever. Kendrick Bourne on a hook, whatever. Anyway, they end up in first and goal, and they they have Jacoby Myers in the slot to the left, and. Mac throws an unbelievably perfect slot corner to Myers for a touchdown. It's just like his touch is on. He's he's in rhythm. Um, it's not the greatest group of pass catchers, but Josh McDaniels calls such a clean game, and yeah. Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson can't be stopped. And it's like the offensive line's keeping him clean for the most part. Um, like the blitz rarely gets to him. Uh, he the one time he did get like pressured. And he did an awesome job escaping the pocket, and he ran for like 15 yards. Um, I think that part of like that that little bit of Mac Jones is really, really, really big, especially going to the playoffs. Yeah, and and then so the, one of the drives they 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 go with a play action deep ball to Wilkerson, who was just wide open, easy money touchdown, and it was because off the play action they they had a some bubble action where Tyson Campbell, who was lined up on Wilkerson. Bit completely on the bubble and just let like Wilkerson just wide open. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it was a bad move by Tyson Campbell, but just a good design overall and a, a good time to call it. Um, like, they I think they punted once. They only didn't with Mac Jones in there. They only didn't score one time. Uh, they ended up uh, off that Kyle Duggar interception. There was a, a drive where it was just first play Ramondre Stevenson touchdown. Um, and then the, there was a there his final drive, uh, they were they were kind of humming. Um, he uh, it was just like a lot of again a lot of play action, a lot of like Kendrick Bourne in the flats, Myers on a quick slant type thing, and then he unleashes a deep ball to Wilkerson who should have had it, and had he had it, it would have been like a forty yard touchdown grab, uh, but he dropped it. Um, and they inevitably they end up just kicking a field goal or whatever. But like Mac was pretty much perfect given what he was asked to do, and I I thought there there was a couple times he, he was a little more aggressive like with more twelve plus yard throws like to Hunter Henry on uh, like posts or Jacoby Myers on, on like slot corner or Wilkerson deep a couple times. It was a fun fun game and Josh McDaniels and Mac Jones just. Good chemistry between those two. Yeah, for sure. Okay, here, here. I'm going to ask you – I'm going to give you an answer, and then I'm going to ask you a question, okay? Unrelated, though. You ready? The answer is trade Mac Jones and Josh McDaniels for Trevor Lawrence. I wouldn't do it if I was either of them. <laughs> you get Mac home, 
in, in, in Jacksonville. It's perfect. You got Lawrence up north. You save him. I think that's great. Uh, my question, though, if you could add any rookie pass, like incoming rookie pass catcher for the New England Patriots, who's, who's the best fit right now to you? Who would you love to add the most? Probably Garrett Wilson. It's a good one. Just be just because I think he's a guy who can play inside or outside. Mm-hmm. He can get the ball in his hands on on misdirection type stuff. Yeah. Um, he is, although he can be an explosive downfield threat, he can make his money just cooking guys uh, as a route runner too. Um, yeah. No, I think Garrett Wilson. Okay. Well, thanks for the breakdown. Can we move on? Yeah. Next up, we got Zach Wilson. Oh, no. Uh, who, this was one of the best game, maybe the best game I've seen Zach Wilson, but probably the best game I've seen Zach Wilson play. Where's your bust meter uh, No, he's got it. The zero or a 10? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just, you interpret it how you want. He's got it. Okay, uh, go on. <laughs> he threw for 234 and a touchdown. Uh, against the Buccaneers, they almost won. They didn't. Uh, Tom Brady's a god. Antonio Brown, um, <laughs> made this game probably took away from the Jets' performance yeah. in this game because like Antonio Brown's all anyone's talking about. Yeah. But uh, I thought I thought uh, Lafleur had called a really good game for Zach Wilson. Uh, their opening drive, he, he it was um, kind of. Just not they didn't ask him to do that much, but they asked him to do things he seemed more comfortable in. There was a lot of shotgun. Uh like all he really did was hit Michael Carter on a check down and then throw a screen to Barrios. And on top of a big Michael Carter run, they they just ended up doing what I call the big apple special and, and Barrios instead of throwing to Zach Wilson just ran it in. <laughs> so that 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 got them up seven nothing. The next drive, though, this is when when Zach Wilson started to settle in. Like they opened up a little bit. Uh, there was a third and two um, where it was an inbreaking route to Jeff Smith for about fifteen yards, and he put it right behind the defender. It was a really good throw. Then uh, on a third and seven out of the gun, he hit Barrios on a slant for a first. Uh, there was a couple other throws in there too, but uh, there was a third and ten out of the gun. Where he, he put an awesome ball on Kenny Yaboa over the middle. Hey, second he shot. Yeah, where he kind of put it behind him because the defender was in front of him. And Yaboa made a great adjustment, but it, it was a really good throw. Uh, and then uh, the, it ended with a out, out of the gun, a, qu- a quick out to Berrios, who dove for a touchdown. Um, but that, that throw to Yaboa and the throw to Jeff Smith on that drive really got me, uh, got my eyes popping. Um, Next drive, they didn't really get a lot going on. Uh, he, he he had to throw it away a couple times under pressure. The Jets' offensive line wasn't that great. But the very next drive, he hit Yaboa again down the seam for about 20. It was another really great throw. Uh, and then a deep sideline throw that Keelan Cole should have had and dropped. Uh, and then uh, he ended up having to throw one away when he was under pressure, and they punted. But um, uh, Then what, what else did he do that was nice? They, oh, they had another touchdown drive where... It was a pop pass to Barrios, then a screen to Ty Johnson for a big gain. Uh, and then they, they ran play action out of the gun where he threw a freaking laser to Barrios for a first down. Uh, it was like, right, like the DB had good positioning, but he layered it so well. It was, Barrios did a little dive and it was sick. Barrios looked really good. Uh, I was about to ask, um, you, you called Wilkerson a dude. Is Barrios a dude? Barrios a dude. Uh, <laughs> he had a monster. Then, uh, <laughs> 
the, 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 his last throw of this drive, he rips a beautiful deep post between two defenders to Keelan Cole to get them to the uh, goal line, and then they pounded in for a touchdown. So there was like three or four of his best throws I've seen Zach Wilson make came in this game. Um, then they had a punt, and then they had a punt, uh, and then uh, they ended up on the eighth drive. It was 28-24 with just over two minutes ago. And he hits Keelan Cole for a first on a dig route. That was great. Um, and then uh, a third and six in the red zone. He throws the Barrios for sh- short of the sticks. And they, they go with a QB sneak and he gets stuffed. And it's turnover on downs. And that was kind of it. So it wasn't like, I don't know. I thought it was some some great play calling from LaFleur and Zach Wilson making some of the better throws you, we've seen from him. It was a lot of gun, which he just seems so much more comfortable in. Um and, like, a ton of Barrios uh, being featured. And this was with, like, Michael Carter went out, like, after three carries, I believe. So he's doing this without Elijah Moore, without Michael Carter. The offensive line not playing all that well. Uh, so I thought this was a pretty promising one from Zach Wilson. He finally got the uh, backup QB play calling. Yeah, baby. Instead of the Zach sweet. Wilson, we hate you play calling. <laughs> yeah. Um. That's that's nice to hear for the Jets. I mean, it's been such a, a hapless year for, for obviously the franchise, but I don't know that they need they needed to see something out of Zach Wilson the last two games. I think. Yeah, um, and they played the the Bills uh, this week, so I think it'll be another nice little test against a playoff team to see how Zach Wilson looks. I hope the play calling uh, kind of they they do just lean more on the gun, just because he again he looks so much more yeah. comfortable. Yeah, you know what? That, that's a good point. Cause like, I didn't put into words. I didn't really realize it. But you're right. Like, I think through the year, he just isn't as good when his you know off play action is back is towards the defense, and he doesn't have the the, the time to really. Re- you know what I mean? Like, he's his processing isn't that there Great. right now, right? So like, I yeah. think that makes a lot of sense. Well, it's it's funny because that I feel like like Trevor Lawrence isn't getting enough play action. Yeah. He's getting way too much just spread out gun. And Zach Wilson, it's like, have, like uh, I'm not saying he was getting too much play action, but he looks better in that spread out gun. And I just want Trevor Lawrence to get more of these play action opportunities. Um, I don't know. The, the play calling has been obviously the most spotty for Trevor Lawrence this year. Uh, yeah. I, I hope he, he gets someone in there where it's like, just because when you do see these play callers call great games for these rookie quarterbacks, it just makes you sad that Trevor Lawrence doesn't get that. And that's why how I bring you to Trey Lance now. Was I thought Kyle Shanahan did a pretty good job with Trey Lance in this game. Um, obviously, he's not the starter, per se. Um, but they didn't really... like. I, I thought they sculpted the game plan to what Trey Lance does well. And it was a kind of aggressive passing game with a, a more exotic run game than you can do with Jimmy G. Uh, other side was Davis Mills, who stud. But so Trey Lanson, his second start of the year, throws for 249, two touchdowns, a pick, runs for 31 yards, um, completes 69.5% of his throws, almost 11 yards per attempt. It was a really slow start. Uh, it felt like they they it, it kind of felt like both sides were trying to take the air out of the ball at times and just kind of 
grind out a, a triple option navy type of win uh, with a lot of a lot of vanilla play calling um, and lean on your defense, uh, and that works for the 49ers ultimately. But they they like the the first the first drive they punt, the second drive, um, he 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 gets under pressure, he breaks a tackle and he checks it down, then. He hits uh, Juice in the flats on a play-action pass. Then they run a spread triple option for a few yards. And then it's fourth. It's like fourth and one. Or no, no, no. Then it's third and one, I think. They call zone read, but the Texans get him, so they don't pick it up. They go for it on fourth, and they don't get it. So I appreciated that Shani was being aggressive, like going for it on a fourth down on their second drive, mm-hmm. despite a younger quarterback in there. Um and the next drive, they ended up a punt, but uh, he he had a nice sort of Brandon Ayuk on and out. Um, he looked really comfortable off play action, uh, but then he, he ended up taking a sack where he didn't really feel the pressure coming and then threw a nice ball over the middle to Juwan Jennings, but it was short. Uh, the next drive, he he throws the interception where it, it was pretty bad. They they ran a play action where they did the the tight end leak to George Kittle, they leaked him across from the right hash across to the left, and I think Trey Lance just had determined that's where he was going no matter what, because that tight end leak plays worked so well for the Forty Nineers in the past. Yeah, and he tried to take a honey hole shot where it just there was not enough room to throw this ball and and. He just didn't couldn't put it over the underneath DB who made a, a nice interception, but on the other side of the field, Debo Samuel was running wide open deep, and that's what makes me think he he had just predetermined this is where he was going. Right, that makes sense. Uh yeah. Um, next drive they punt again. It's like at this point, it's I believe seven nothing Houston. Uh, really fun game. It's it's great. Uh, seven nothing Houston. But then before the half. Quick corner to Debo for a first. Uh, then he just missed Debo over the middle. It was a tough throw, but right decision. Then he hits Ayuk back shoulder for about 20. It was great. Rips a deep one to Ayuk, who nearly makes a crazy catch. Doesn't quite get it. And with seven seconds, hits Ayuk again uh, on the sideline to set up a easier field goal with three seconds before the half. So it's 7-3. They come back, second half. Uh... Stop yawning. They come back second half. Sorry. I don't want to be doing this. I held that one in for My a while. My voice is hoarse. Third and th- so first drive of the second half. Third and six, he rips a post between a defender to Ayuk for a big catch and run. Uh, then a linebacker tips uh, at one of his passes. Then they run a gun fake bubble quarterback draw. Then a QB power. That's pretty cool. And then they, they go for it on fourth and one with a play-action deep post Ayuk, and it falls incomplete. But I appreciate, like, Trey Lance is an aggressive passer. Yeah. He like it, he didn't care it was fourth and one. He, he ripped a deep post. Um, There's a lot of that in his last start, too. Like, they, they didn't hold mm-hmm. back the play calling. They ran him a decent That's amount. cool. <laughs> uh, the next drive, <clears throat> he rips a deep one to Ayuk. That's uh, incomplete, but draws DPI. Then he finds Hasty on a drag for a first. Then first and goal play action, he dumps to Elijah Mitchell in the flats, who runs it in for a touchdown. The next drive was his best drive. Quick drop, hits Debo uh, on a post. Debo drops it. Um, good throw. And then the, the next drive, he scrambles for a seven on a third and eight. Oh, I mixed up these drives. And then they punted. 
I'm, I'm losing my mind. It was the very next drive where he rips a deep out to Jennings for a first and then throws a deep pass across his body to Debo, who breaks the tackle and scores the touchdown. I'm sure you saw that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that, that was a pretty fun, aggressive throw across his body that I don't think Jimmy G could do. Um, no. And then the next drive, he rips a, a deep seam shot to George Kittle, who makes an incredible one-handed grab. Uh, they end up kicking a field goal. Uh, and yeah, it was kind of, but it was like a slow start, but he started to kind of feel himself. I thought, and throughout the game, just aggressive down, like he threw more passes, 10 plus yards than Mac Jones did. Um, they did a good job utilizing his legs, which I'm sure you're not surprised to hear with Shanty. Um, just like, which also helped open up the run game for Elijah Mitchell, who had a big day. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. I'm just going to do Davis Mills quick because I, I have nothing left in my in my soul right now. <laughs> just, uh, just say, does does he have it or not? <clears throat> Their first four drives, they went three and out. Sick. Ambry Thomas almost had a sweet interception. That's been his story. Uh, Anyways, yeah, continue. And then the, their fifth drive, they, they, it ends in a touchdown to uh, Brandon Cooks, who he, he throws a, a seam ball back shoulder for a touchdown. It was great. Um <laughs> Everything goes to Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Like, that, that drive, he probably threw to Brandon Cooks six times. But his best throw of the day, not uh, not even that touchdown to Cooks, was on that drive, a third and nine, he perfectly layered a a, a ball in the a deep out on the sideline to Nico Collins. It was a really impressive throw. Um, what else did he do that matters? Oh, they, they kept getting the 49ers to do penalties. And it was just – that was kind of their game plan. <laughs> One point, he – He's under pressure and he throws it away, but he makes sure to get face masked. It's pretty smart. Designed, all but designed. don't worry. Yeah. He ended up throwing an interception on that drive anyway. No, he threw it right to the safety over the middle. Um, what else? They missed a field goal where on this drive they just kept throwing to Brandon Cooks and getting DPI call on the 49ers. <laughs> and it set up a missed field goal. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have that much else to add. He had Nico Collins for about twenty on a. On a sideline throw, on their final drive, they didn't use Brevin Jordan at all. It was a lot That's of lame. check, checks, check downs to Rex Burkhead, or just throw to Brandon Cooks, no matter what. That was kind of the game plan. Uh, does he got it or not? That's all I want to know. Uh, he has it enough to not draft a quarterback in the first round, or um, or second or third round. It's a good crop of free agent quarterbacks to be placeholders. That I would just one I would try to bring back to Rod, obviously. But if that's not possible, there's a couple other quarterback options out there. Jacoby Brissett comes to mind. Um, to just run with him, like Davis Mills as your QB1, fill in veteran as your QB2, yeah. and hope you have a high draft pick next year. Yeah, if the wheels like really come off with with Mills, then you can uh, lean on one of those dudes. I think that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. All right, Rob, why don't you keep talking? Bring, wait, no, no, bring, bring, Andy, yeah. bring Andy Dalton home to Houston. That wouldn't be a bad idea. Kind of like that. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to make you do off the rookie week. First, I'll I'll get started. I had the obvious one. Um, Fuck. I mean, it's Jamar Chase, and I feel bad because I had other guys that could have deserved it, but Jamar Chase had the greatest rookie uh, receiving performance of all time. So (laughs) he he broke the single game rookie receiving yard record. Also broke the the single season rookie receiving yard record, passing fellow LCU teammate Justin Jefferson. Um, 11 catches, 266 yards, three touchdowns. He was unstoppable. Um, what a 
all-time performance, an all-time performance, not just for a rookie, but for a wide receiver. And like, and it wasn't like, you know, they're playing the Jets in this week eight. It, it was a meaningful game for the Bengals. <laughs> like, it, it put them up there, and it was against the Kansas City Chiefs. It's – I know, like, the defense has been up and down, and but been more up than down lately, but what a, what a fucking performance. Um, all that being said, Cincinnati was down 14 nothing in this game, too, and that's that's the Chiefs. That game can get out of hand quick. Didn't give a fuck. And then they started, like, throwing to him. And I think only it was the second catch of the game, I believe. Um, and he ran the hook. He got open. Um, got the first, right? And then um, just one cut back inside of, of Nick Bolton. And then he was off to the races. Like, through the middle of the field, out around, I, I'm sure everyone saw it, out around the entire Chiefs defense. Killed all the angles. Amazing explosiveness. It was unreal. And that cut was just so nasty. It looked like, you know, like, okay, he picked up the first down. Good work. And then just with that one move, cutting back inside, it, it just everything just opened. It was it was ridiculous. Um, then had an awesome, sick like juggling catch on the sideline. Kept his feet in bounds, brought it down. That felt very Ocho Cinco to me. I'm not I'm not gonna lie on that one. Um, but just overall, he was so good after the catch. And like yeah, a lot of that came on that one, and his other touchdown, his third touchdown. Um, but like even like he, like he was just taking screens. This one, he, he took a screen, made a guy miss. Broken arm tackle. Nearly got a first down on, like, a first and ten. It was, like, you know, nine and a half yards. Um, did that a couple times. His second touchdown. Back shoulder throw. 50-50 shot, really, to the end zone. Great adjustment. Uh, great job getting his feet in bounds. I thought, like, maybe the one little knock on Chase this year is, like, in contested catch situations, he's been up and down. Like, obviously, he's been amazing. But, like, that's maybe the one thing. Uh, was was unreal in contested catch spots this game. Um, there's third touchdown. I don't know what the fuck happened. Just a complete coverage bust. Like the corner, just staring into the backfield, played the short zone. And then Daniel Sorensen had no idea he had to come over and cover. And the ball's already in the air before he started break. <laughs> it was hilarious. And then Chase was just way behind us. His third touchdown. It was, it was, it was ridiculous. Like I said, another like first and 10 gave just, just threw a little screen to him, got nine and a half yards. And just like did this time, did a great job of being patient. Like just let his O-line come out, get in front of him. Made another nifty cut, found a lane, tough to bring down, like, every time he touched the ball. And then uh, on the game-winning drive, two huge plays. Had one, like, they're almost identical. First one, nasty release, kind of one off the line. Had it, didn't have major separation, though. Uh, was just a, a, a vert. If Burrow waited, honestly, he probably could have thrown it deep for a touchdown. But he kind of, like, threw, like, 15 yards downfield, back shoulder. Chase just reached back and plucked it. It was great. And then a few plays later, they, get, they got into a third and 27. And then it was like they just let Chase do the same thing. Burrow just chucks it to him. Uh, another great adjustment. Not really as much back shoulder, just like behind him. Another great adjustment. Picked up the first down. They won the game on that funny finish. Um, I don't know. What else can you say? An all-time performance from Jamar Chase. Um, he, I mean, breaking Justin Jefferson's rookie receiving record. Immediately immediately yeah just it, it's hilarious that him and jefferson were on the same team terrace marshall not doing as well as those two no uh <laughs> but uh yeah i mean jamar chase has been pretty much everything well more than everything more than every what everyone thought he was going to be when everyone already thought he was going to be a pro boy hey, people were ready to write him off in the summer don't forget about that that was so weird it was very weird don't forget about that. So, and he comes out and, and does this. Like, come on. Amazing stuff. I, I will say the Bengals' offensive line is bad. And, like, that's something they do need to address. But, ultimately, 
it's it's hard to say they made the wrong choice here. And, and Panay Sewell is going to work out in Detroit, and I think that was a great pick by them. But uh, Jamar Chase was the right pick for, for this Bengals team, it, it seems, given that with kind of a lame duck head coach for the most part, that's the general consensus on Zach Taylor still, I believe, um, that they're, they're going to make the playoffs. They've, they've won the AFC North in Joe Burrow's second year coming off a torn ACL, and Jamar Chase has been a huge catalyst for that Bengals team. There's a lot of other factors, obviously, but when you have the best, no no rookie receiver will ever be better than what Randy Moss was in my eyes, but when you have one of the greatest rookie receiver seasons ever, along with T. Higgins quietly having 1,000 yards yeah. in year two, Tyler Boyd's obviously one of the best slots in the league for a while now. Joe Burrow uh, looks like the exact guy you needed him to be, and that's coming off a torn ACL in year two. Um and their, de- their defense is, like, what they added in free agency on that defense has been huge for them. And even, all, all the while losing Logan Wilson, who, at linebacker, to a season-ending injury, who looks like he's going to be kind of the man in the middle for the next decade there. Yeah. Like, this, they've shockingly built this offense through the draft and this defense through free agency yeah. really well. Yeah, and, and with the chase pick, they just bet on that magical connection, and they haven't looked back. Yeah. Smart. Um, and my offensive rookie of the week is kind of the, I think, the three best offensive rookies this year have been Jamar Chase, Creed Humphrey, and Rashawn Slater, who is mine this week. Rashawn Slater's been so good that like I feel like we've neglected to talk about him at times. Because you could talk about him every single week if we wanted, but it, it's not as sexy as talking about a, a kind of a playmaker on offense. But Rashawn Slater, who it's hilarious, him and Jamar Chase both opted out last year and have been, and along with Michael Parsons on the defensive yeah. side, I think you could argue those are the three best rookies this year. Um, and, and Slater against Denver. Denver never really stood a chance in this game with Drew Locke, but like you, you at least thought their defense would put a little pressure on uh, Justin Herbert and the fellas, but... Like, Herbert was pretty well clean the whole game. They, they didn't get a single sack on him. Uh, Rashawn Slater just handled business uh, against who, like, every single guy they lined up against him. Um, and it, 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 it just, it looks so easy for him at times. Yeah. And it all comes back to the balance. And I know we've said that a, a, about a trillion times, but, like, his, his ability to reset re-anchor compete with speed on the outside just kind of washing them out of the play because his base and and his balance are never kind of out of position or he's never out of position he was just washing like Malik Reed right by what felt like every every play and then like when you see some of the heftier more powerful rushers come up against him he's locking them down too and his technique is just, I think, already some of the best in the NFL. Like, he is second-team all-pro-worthy this year type tackle. Yeah. Um, and the exact player the Chargers needed. Yeah, I think I think some of our lack of talking about him comes with... The Chargers have been, like, disappointing, either, even though they're on the precipice of the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, that offense uh, just hasn't been as fun. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Justin Herbert is one of the most aggressive and best downfield passers in 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 the league, and his offensive coordinator yeah. doesn't call it. Yeah, that they way. neutered him. They've neutered him, but Slater's but, been but, amazing. But but hey, 
we say, I say that to say, like, Justin Herbert's still one of the best downfield passers and most aggressive passers in the NFL despite that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I had the most clear-cut offense rookie of the week uh, in, in history, maybe. Uh, <laughs> on defense, was not the case, though. No. Same here. I had to dig. So I kind of wanted to give, like, a, a shout-out. I've done this a few times, I think. To a guy that has kind of started midseason. Uh his flash has been more down than up, but has been a little flashy. Going to the Raiders, I give it to Divine Diablo, who I thought looked had a really good game this week. Um, it helps that he looks fucking sick as hell wearing number five in the middle there. Um, and but I think a nice a nice coverage game from him uh, had a really nice PBU in the end zone where he just picked up a crossing right over the middle, read it, kind of actually turns back to the quarterback, just stuck with it. Uh, nice coverage, forced the incompletion, like kind of like it was a high throw, like. In, in the corner of the end zone, it kind of just forced him out, got his hand in there. Um, I thought he just felt the coverage a lot better this week. There was one that played that, that like, Wentz was scr- – like, actually, uh, Nate Hobbs, who got a Dewey, um, <laughs> should have had Wentz brought down, and, like, he was trying to rip the ball out, and then Wentz just kind of kept going, and he got to the line of scrimmage out of nowhere, like, chucked it back across the field to uh, to Ali Cox, who, like, in, in you know, for a lot of people, that he would have just been wide open, right? But – Diablo actually kind of felt it coming. He didn't actually get a play on the ball, but made it a tough, a tough play. The throw wasn't great, but I, I thought I just like that awareness from him. And in the run, he's been way better than we've talked about. It's way better than I think either of us would have anticipated. And I think this might have been his best game going up against Jonathan Taylor. He had 100 yards, but it didn't feel like a dominant performance from Taylor. Um, and, and Diablo just like was making good tackles in the run. I thought it wasn't just like you know not just clean up like downfield stuff where like you know Taylor got eight yards and he's kind of just. There, I thought, like, I think PFF said, like, his average average depth of tackle was, like, 1.2 yards downfield. Um, so, like, a really good game, really promising game. Um, Going to be fun to watch him develop for the Raiders. Made up for the Santa Muse pick, I'll say it. Wow. <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, I also, I, I, I struggled to find a clear defensive rookie of the week. I picked Eric Stokes. I thought he played quite well against the Vikings. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they had Sean Mannion in there, so it was uh, probably a, a lesser fun battle between Eric Stokes and the Vikings wide receiver group. But yeah. St- Stokes has been quite good down the stretch, and they're probably going to get uh, uh, Jair Alexander back for the playoffs. Um, but Stokes, who had had some lumps in his game... Uh, at times earlier in the year has really come together. Yes. And was it two weeks ago they played the Browns? Whenever they played the Browns, he had a fantastic game. And then to add this to that too, and it, it like the, the I mean, Mannion didn't really test him much, but uh, his, his downfield speed has made him such an eraser on uh, deep routes um, against in, in a division where Justin Jefferson is one of the, one of the best three to five wide receivers in the NFL, uh, and they're they're gearing up for a playoff run where Stokes is going to have to cover people like Cooper Cup, like Mike Evans, guys like that. Especially if Jair Alexander can't come back, and he's just done such a great job stepping up in Alexander's absence. Absolutely, yeah. And and when Jair is finally back, they might be one of the best duos in the league if if Stokes yeah. keep developing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, worst rookie. <laughs> I'm just going to stick in a primetime game. James Hudson got his lunch eaten by TJ Watt on uh, Monday Night Football. Yeah. 
It, like, I think he, he, he gave up like three, four sacks, just didn't technically did, didn't know what to do. He was never reaching his landmarks. It felt like he was lunging every play. Yep. Uh, and it, it almost looked like he just knew he couldn't compete with a TJ Watt and was getting over aggressive to try and compensate and was just taking himself completely out of the position. And it, he, he's not supposed to be starting right now. Obviously, Jack Conklin got hurt. But, uh, yeah, he looks rough. Yeah, I had him for, like, my not ready to play and, and worst rookies. I, I got another one, so don't worry, but very apt. Um, so, yeah, nor- normally I wouldn't do this. We've talked about him a lot here. Uh, but he was coming off a good game and hasn't been as bad, but he's still bad. So I put Alex Leatherwood, who had a really bad game. Uh, <laughs> the Raiders' offensive line as a whole was really bad. Like, the pocket just kept collapsing on Derek Carr. Um, I think, like, they give, like, 23 total pressure or something. Only two sacks, but that's a lot. Uh, Leatherwood, like, for himself, I think it was really more than that. Had a penalty or two, too. Uh, really wasn't blocking in the run uh, well at all, either. I don't know what you do with Leatherwood. Like, you know, start a tackle, nope. Inside, nope. I, I don't know what you do with him. I guess you give him one more season just because you took him so high. Um but they, they better be taking other off the line, especially on the inside uh, at some point in this draft. Like, just you, you need more darts there because Leatherwood, I don't I don't think it's it. Especially for a guy that, like, you know, when they took him, we're like, yeah, he's not very good. He doesn't have that much upside. But, like, I didn't think he'd be this much of a disaster. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, especially you'd think putting him at guard would Exa- more. Yeah. But- might be worse. I don't know. I guess not well, worse. When they took him, when they took yeah, when they took him in the first round, everyone thought he was a second round pick and it was a, a reach. But I mean, if they took him in the second round and he's playing this bad, like that's a problem too. You know? Yeah, what I mean? absolutely. Yeah, it just heightened by the fact that he was overdrafted in the first place. Yeah, my primetime star is Najee Harris, Mine too. who broke Franco broke Franco Harris's rookie rushing record uh, on Monday Night Football. Big Ben's probably Big Ben's last game uh, at Heinz Field. Uh, by far, I thought last week was the best game he had had this year, and then comes back and he builds on that, runs for 188 in, in a score, averages 6.7 a touch. He was breaking first contact on pretty much every carry. It didn't seem to matter whether it was up the middle or to the outside, but yeah, like he was picking up the tough yards and then ripping off that that the stiff final arm. big t- oh sorry go ahead. yeah well the stiff arm was hilarious yeah, Stewart yeah. Uh, the the final big kind of touchdown there. Those were the that was the type of play I've been waiting for with him. Where you see Jonathan Taylor last year would rip off huge chunk runs at times. Yeah, and it felt like Naj- Najee Harris kept trying to but never was. And then you, he finally gets one kind of right there after a game of a lot of just breaking first contact, giving five six a carry up the middle. Uh, it, it was f- it was a fabulous game. Yeah, I mean, had almost two hundred yards rushing, over two hundred total. Uh, 85% of those were after contact. And I think that's what we, like, obviously maybe not that great for Najee Harris, but that's the type of back we, the Steelers expected, I think we expected when they took him. Um, and yeah, he's got to be the Michael Fabiano player of the week, winning a bunch of fantasy leagues or breaking hearts, blah, blah, blah. blah. No, he's fantastic. That's different. <laughs> the stiff arm was so great. I'm very happy to see him coming on now. But don't forget, like Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor was bad the first half of the season last year. But then you're right. He started ripping those chunks, but the first half of the season was not good. And now he's he's going to win MVP, lock it. So, 
Harris was great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, underwhelming. This is a little tongue-in-cheek because uh, <laughs> okay. I didn't have a big – Michael Parsons. The guy <laughs> could only get me two TFLs and, and a pressure this week. Sad. No, he, he, played, he played well, but it wasn't the same. Like, I thought – I, I was going into that game ready for him to just abuse the Cardinals' offensive line um, and just take advantage of uh, Josh Jones, yeah. who is the most penalty-prone tackle not named Alex Leatherwood. Or offensive lineman, not named Alex Hollywood. Uh but he didn't have as much of an impact on pass rush as I was expecting. He still looked good. So yeah, the, uh, I mean, it's it, it was underwhelming because he set the bar so high. Uh, mine's similar. I think that's kind of the way to go here. I put Jalen Waddle, who uh, had three grabs for forty-seven yards on seven targets. Uh, but that actually forty-five of those yards came on a long throw. It was kind of nice to see a nice ball from two on like a, a deep sideline corner. Uh, 0% of that was the act, so it was nice. It was truly downfield throw for something that kind of got that going. Uh, also got named team MVP this week, which is still really cool. Um, and he's st- But he's still chasing that, that the Anquan Bolden receiving, which is pretty cool that we can see the receiving yardage record and receiving record for rookies broken in the same year. Really, both should have been done in 17 games, uh, 16 games too. Uh, but, yeah, he's got to do it this week. I, I think he's, like, I don't know, two or three catches behind, so that's easy. Uh, like one of his, I think both of his other passes were like pop passes for like zero or one yard. Uh, had a couple tough drops, one on an out route. The ball was slick. And it was raining. Uh, one time, two would just like whipped one. Like he was behind the line of scrimmage on a little like like play action, just leaking back, and he just whipped it over his head. Um, but really, like the tight end just seemed uh, ready for like all the built-in touches for Waddle. They took it away, and the rest of the offense is bad outside of Waddle. Really, Tua played a bad game. So I think this is less on Waddle individually and more on when teams figuring this stuff out, they need to get him going elsewhere because this offense was nothing this week. And um, like if they if they can't expand the downfield stuff or like just – it almost felt like they didn't do as much RPO as usual either. It's just like – I don't know. It just was not a good game. It was a shitty way to end that losing the, – the winning streak too. And yeah, Waddle's been so great. I hope he, I, he's got to get the record this week. Uh, I hope so. Um, my looks like a hit is big old Larry Borum, the right tackle for the Chicago Bears. Uh, Borum had been playing pretty well, yeah. got hurt, and has been, since he's returned to the lineup, has looked really good at right tackle for them. Um, it's funny because, uh, obviously, when they draft Tevin Jenkins, they moved him from right tackle to left tackle. They cut Charles Leno, who has just signed an extension in Washington because he's still good, and that was stupid. <laughs> Tevin Jenkins has barely played this year. But on the bright side, Larry Borum looks like a long-term starting right tackle. He's mashing in the run game. He, I thought he was going to be a guard at the next level, and I liked him coming out of Mizzou, but I thought he'd be a guard. He handled business against Aziz Ojolari, Lorenzo Carter, uh, Quincy Roche. Like, the Giants have a pretty solid group of pass rushers. He looked good against them. He has been good. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, he's a good player. But the thing is, though, they didn't cut Leno because of Jenkins. They cut him because of Borum. Yeah, it's the amen. Um, my looks like a hit. I think I alluded this alluded to this one a little bit last episode. Funny, um, Elijah Molden. It wasn't like a big flashy play type of game, um, and like really coming coming along down the stretch. But Molden is just turning into a really really solid DB for the tight ends, and we haven't talked about him much. So I wanted to give him his due here. Uh, Holy had a tackle, had a nice like a uh, tip PBU, and uh, actually recovered a fumble on Tua where he just. Uh, it was an ugly fumble. He tried to actually tried to throw it to Waddle, and the ball just slipped out of his hands. Molden was blitzing, and he just he just picked it up. Um, but 
to transition here, he was a big part of slowing down Waddle, I thought. Uh, had him obviously in, in the slot on him a lot. Um, and the times they, they did kind of try to, like, I think they did throw Waddle, like, not throw, but just have him run deep because two was afraid, but had him go deep quite often, like, just to kind of ease up the underneath stuff because that's what they want to do. And the times he did that I, and, and Molden was on him, he looked like he handled the speed pretty well, which I, I thought was really good to see. Um, he, and like like I said yesterday, he's just he's been a glue guy for Tennessee, and he's I think he's gonna be really really important for them uh, come the playoffs. Um, it's nice to see. I I remember early like I think the first two weeks he had flashy games, and then it was like he had a couple ugly games. He was around the ball, and he got quiet, and then he just put together good game after good game, and and this was a good one. Um, looks like a miss. This is just going back to the well, but. Zayvon Collins played. They, he actually. played more this year or this week than he had in like seven weeks, and he broke up a pass. But for the most part, he's just such a net nothing on the field, and they still just Vance Joseph has done a great job with that defense yeah. this year. And you would think that if they trusted in Zayvon Collins, they would have a role for him, especially as a pass rusher type, and they just haven't at all. And it just I don't know. I'm starting to think. I mean, it was the same deal with Isaiah Simmons last yep. year, though. Yeah, and he's been really maybe good. They just don't like, yeah. Maybe they just don't like to play rookies, but uh, yeah. The, I mean, that's kind of alarming. It seems like a weird franchise to, to not want to play rookies. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, um, I looks like a miss. I think I've done this a lot before, but Jalen Mayfield is not getting better. He might only be getting worse. I was pretty high on him. I think I had an early second round grade on him. He went in the third. <laughs> he's been like an undrafted level player. I think Tommy Kramer was better than him this week, but more on him later. Um, like, I don't know, five pressures on 28 reps, gave up a sack. One play, they, they, they did that little pull like on, on a pass protection. So they pulled him to the, to block the edge. I think it was Rousseau, actually. And uh, just a complete whiff. Like It, it looked like, like a bad Madden animation where he's just like sliding and not blocking anyone. It was kind of ridiculous. Um <laughs> He's given up 11 sacks on the season, and that's the most amongst all guards. Uh, it's not been good. They've left him in, and he's it's just trial by fire now. But I don't know. It's like Leatherwood. I, I don't know if you can keep playing him next year. Don't forget, AJ, Spotify Greenroom is the best live audio-only sports talk platform, especially because it's free to download and to use. It also gives you the opportunity to talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. And it's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. It's a great place to show, share your own experiences on the app. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, join the group. Be notified when your favorite hosts go live and come with your spiciest takes. Uh, my two needs to step it up. Our two former Georgia Bulldogs, Aziz Ojolari, did next to nothing against a Bears offensive line that hasn't been very good. And I was expecting him to tee off. Uh, he was kind of just getting washed a lot in the run game and very little pass rush throughout the game. Uh, other side, or not other side, but different game, Tyson Campbell. Tyson Campbell got uh, beat a couple times by uh, Wilkerson, who we were talking about earlier. And Tyson Campbell's been pretty damn good this year, especially in the last couple weeks. Um, so it was kind of a disappointing game, but it was tough because the Jags as a whole suck. Yeah, that's that's pretty fair. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick in the state of Florida, but he doesn't play there no more. 
uh, Gregory Rousseau. But this isn't like a needs to step it up as much as it is he needs to keep it up because he had a good game against the Falcons. Many people do. He had a good game against the Falcons. I just mentioned him. Um, had a sack. Um, actually, it was a strip sack. It was it was well played and just um, it was just like a chase down backside play on, on Matty Ice and forced it out. It was a good play. But that was his first sack since week five, and he, he started hot, especially in the preseason, and he kept it going. But then he's kind of faded away. So going into the playoffs, I think they're going to need him to keep up these splashy pay- plays, mix him in, um, like and just mix him in well and get him on the field and keep this up so it's a to keep it up not step it up uh for not ready to play i put kendrick green who didn't play every week offensive line yeah the steelers offensive line looked a lot better with jc hassenhauer in there at center they did uh also if you want to argue him for guard well john leglue might be the best guard on the steelers now uh just tough looking year for kendrick green especially down the stretch here uh yeah yeah you gotta mention him every week and i respect it. it's your therapy bit uh my not ready to play is a bunch of lions rookies not not the good ones though but i'll just give you a few uh levi and wuzuriki first um it was the second most snaps he's played this year uh seattle just ran down the throats of the detroit lions uh rashad penny's he's, he's back he never went away, baby, but he's back. Uh, so he was just getting moved with ease, 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 ease. And Aline McNeil played, like, I, I didn't mention him here. He played pretty well. Like, it wasn't great, but this was a game that, like, you know, they, kind of his game. So uh, it was nice to see Haven get a big uptick in, in snaps, too. Uh, behind on Wuzuriki, uh, Derek Barnes played a lot. I think he played he played the most of all linebackers. I think got, like, 60% of snaps. Also struggled big time against the run. Wasn't in position very often. Wasn't good. It, nice to see them get all these rookies involved. Also on defense, uh, another another tough week for Melfonu. He played 100% of snaps out, out, out wide there. Um, like it's, like he's just coming back from injury, and then like he just gets thrown a lot of DK Metcalf. He got beat for two touchdowns. Just kind of rough for, for Melfonu. And lastly, truly not ready to play is Tommy Kramer, who's just getting tossed in on the offensive line. He played out the whole game, and he's just obviously Jeez. not ready. Uh, I also put the Cowboys corners, Kelvin Joseph, who, when he came into the game, the the Cardinals just went at him. Mm. It wasn't great. And Nashawn Wright, who didn't play a single defensive snap, but gave up a wild completion to Jonathan Ward on a fake punt pass from Chris Banjo, where I just can't believe he couldn't break that up. Oh, my God. It was was an all-time catch, Rob. Um, Best day three rookie. I just went down and shit on the Lions, but it's clearly Amon Ra, St. Brown. And if it wasn't for Jamar Chase, he'd be my office rookie of the week. No doubt about it. Um, another eight catches. He has had at least eight catches in five straight games now. Over 100 yards, a touchdown receiving, plus uh, two carries for 23 yards and a touchdown. And once again, he is just the go-to guy. He's the best player on this team right now. Uh, no no golf in there either, either. And he was just, uh, you know, Tim Boyle don't matter. He's the dude. Um Early in the game, it was just kind of a couple easy completions, getting him going. Uh, one of them was like just a nice play-action crosser, wide open. Um, I think a couple stick routes just to move the sticks. But uh, every time he catches the ball, he's just really consistently good at getting good chunks of yak. Like, catches it, turns upfield immediately, knows where the space is. I think he's got a really good sense of just where the space is. And, like, even when they're, like, they, they do fun stuff and getting the ball in his hands too, but even when it's just, like, you know, straight up, 
you know, just go to the sticks and get open. <laughs> like they, he does a good job of turning up field and finding yards. Um, but they did do fun stuff. The one play, third and ten, they lined up in the, at, at running back in the gun. They ran just a straight up draw to him. He broke an arm tackle at the line of scrimmage. I think it was uh, Taylor. Um, Diggs came flying down, span, like did an awesome spin move off of him through contact, and then just cruises in for the touchdown. Twenty six yard rushing touchdown was awesome. Uh, his receiving touchdown was just really easy. It was just like at the goal line, a little comeback route. He was open. Boyle stuck it on him. He's sick. But, but the more fun part, they went for two, and they ran this just this really neat shovel pass like uh, look. Came coming back inside to the, towards the middle of the, the line, of course, and got hit low and the flew into the end zone. It was really nifty. Uh, a little <laughs> a little bit later, he had like a big gain over the middle, like another nice catch and run. Uh, I think he got down to the ten. Like it felt like if he made one more guy miss, he would have finished. Just a really great game. He's it's been so awesome to see him just become a fucking stud. Like like <coughs> this like late in the year, like he has. It's it's awesome. He should have never fallen in the fourth round. Absolutely not. That's I, I almost put him for looks like a hit, but then I, I he's clearly the best day three rookie, so I didn't want to uh, mess around there. He, he shouldn't have. I, I don't think there was any good reason. He was a top 100 guy best, all day. Sorry. My best day three rookie is three different guys who play back. Elijah Mitchell, who ran for 119 yards, also caught a touchdown. Yep. Just the one-cut specialist. It, it felt like everything was a big chunk run. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson who had 100 yards and two touchdowns. They were just pounding him up the gut, and he he also like makes like his footwork is so yeah. good for a bigger. It's back. ridiculous, yeah. And, and he he made a couple big splashy like up the gut runs where he bounces it to the outside, and he just looks. Him and Damian Harris are a lot of fun. There, and then of course uh, Bears fullback Kiris Tonga, who's the lead blocker on a touchdown run, but also moonlighted at. Nose tackle, and the Giants could not run on him. <laughs> I love that. Uh, best UDFA rookie. I had the Lions. Yet, I'm going to the other side of the field. I'm going back to the well. Jake Curran, man. He, he's he been good, all right? He's he's had some lumps in pass protection, but I, his run blocking has shined, and especially this week. Uh, it was across the whole the whole front run block really well, but Curran was a part of that. Um, they had 265 yards rushing. Penny's the GOAT, like I said. Uh, but Brandon Shell's contract is up. So I think going into next year, he's probably going to be the starting right tackle. I think he's been that good. I think he deserved to get the first look. I, I mean, um, if they don't pick, I think of course they could draft someone, but I don't think it's a big concern. I'm happy for you. Thank uh, you. I picked Kenny Aboa, who I mentioned already, but also Jared Patterson looked pretty good uh, in a, basically a starting role yeah. against the Eagles. He had a touchdown run. Uh, he was a nice check down option for Taylor Heineke. He looks like a good third-string running back to keep around. Like we said he He's would be. He's a little be. powerful, yeah. mighty man. Yeah, he is. Should have been drafted, uh, too. Yep. Quickly, three rookies who flashed. Landon Dickerson uh, looks great at left guard right now for the Eagles. Christian Barmore looks great yeah. every week uh, for the Pats. He had a nice sack. They split a double team. Marco Wilson, he's just been a good good day three find. Christian Barmore's been ridiculously Plus, good and so underrated this year. Plus, plus, J.D. Connie threw a shoe this week to Auburn. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty. I respect that. Uh, I want to give you two two first-round Ks. First, Quiddy Pay uh, had two sacks in this game. Like, neither were, like, ridiculous. Like I said, they were just, like, crushing that Raiders off the line. Uh, so it's kind of like a whole line sack, but both times he finished on, on, on them. Solid game. Uh, solid year. Um, ex- hope, like, excited to see the jump he makes next year. 
and and also I'm gonna I'm gonna say Kyle Pitts. He got hurt in the third quarter, but he's back at practice. I think he was limited, but it's so that's not a long term concern. Uh, only two for sixty nine. First one is just like a screen. Actually, the first play of the game picks up nine yards. So I'm like, okay, this is me Pitts heavy. <clears throat> Didn't really happen, but he he had a huge catch where the ball was like behind him. He plucked it. Didn't lose any speed. It was ridiculous. Get, got to the sideline. Throws a big stiff arm. Just wouldn't go down and then keeps rumbling and finally goes out. It was a huge play. Uh, Kyle Pitts is special. I mean, we've had like a pretty ridiculous um, pass catching rookie group. Like it really. Like we knew it was really good going into the draft, uh, but they've exceeded expectations. Uh, I agree. Uh, out of nowhere, rookie, I had to put Kellen Mom for going two for three for five yards, and then Mike Zimmer just crushing him in the press conference. <laughs> you know, Mond is my start the rook. Fuck it. Play him. Why not? What do you got to lose, Minnesota? I don't care. Fuck you, Zimmer. Play him. Uh, my out of nowhere, I got two special teams. You're going to love it, okay? Both you're going to love. First, uh, they're both special teams ace. First, Avery Williams, the king of special team strikes, uh, had a forced fumble on a punt, got there with the, like just as the ball got there, knocked it out. Resulted in safety for the Falcons. That was sick. And also, Brady Breeze, baby. Nice special teams tackle. He's becoming like a core special teamer. It's, it's pretty cool. You love to hear it. You love to. You love when you 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 scout a guy and you're like, that's a special teamer, and it comes true. It's a good feeling. It is. So yeah, my start the rook. Fuck it. Let's see Mond. Let's see him. Let's see him play more. Why not? Okay, I'll stick in the division. This is a great chance. The Packers obviously have locked up the one seed. This is a great chance. Amari Rodgers. Because yeah. his season high in snaps came week 8, uh, 16 against the Cardinals. He's only played more than 10 snaps three times this year. His season stats are three catches for 40 yards plus an 11-yard rush. A couple punt and kick returns as well. But I say this because upcoming Packers free agents are at receiver are Devontae Adams, who obviously they'll get a long-term deal done there. But also, Equinemius St. Brown, Malik Taylor, Alan Lazarza Restricted, and Marcus Valdez-Scantling. Like, you need to know if Amari Rodgers can play so you know what to do in free agency and, and, and the draft, too. I mean, or they just take Wando Robinson, a.k.a. Randall Cobb 2.0. It's true. They should, but... Rob- but or trade for Limbogi. No, that's... <laughs> That's a great, great choice. Because honestly, when I said earlier that the there's been some teams who have looked for that shifty slot type that you can get the ball in their hands and hasn't worked out. Rodgers is one of the names that was coming to my mind. But it really has just been lack of opportunity. He hasn't shown too much as a return guy, which I think if he, if he showed a little bit more, he probably would have got more looks. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's a fucking asshole. And he's probably, oh, I don't like him more. He's got the same name as me. I don't want to throw him the ball or some stupid shit probably. Um <laughs> But yeah, I totally agree. Get him going. I, I, that's a good pick. Thank you, thank you. Uh, well, hopefully next week I don't have to do all the quarterbacks. Why not? You loved it. Just admit it. 